0: Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California.
1: And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network.
0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode 70 of The Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here as always with Megan Francis. And today we're going to be talking about kids in the kitchen, whether you want them there or not. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, no, be- let's let's be honest here. I I feel like there's this um uh, there's this whole
1: I don't know, movement toward these articles that are like, it, here's one way to do um to make kitchen time easier. In- involve your kids, have them help. Yeah. And that's not easier. It's not easier. It's fun and it's rewarding, but it's not necessarily easier. So right. this topic seems apropos.
0: It is. And there's sort of like a um, glossy magazine image that we're supposed to have about cooking with our kids that I don't think is always realistic. On the other hand, you and I are both big believers in including kids in the kitchen. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about... How to do that, but but how it's also okay if that doesn't look like the picture perfect, like mommy and me aprons every time. Absolutely. So all of this revolves a lot around just getting dinner on the table, you know every night, which is a challenge. So we're gonna talk about all of that, and especially toward uh, you moms of little kids, we know it's not easy. Um, and so this is gonna be fun.
1: Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMOUR.
0: What's it really like when your kids are in the kitchen with you? Uh,
1: yeah. Pandelirium. I, I feel like I wrote a blog post about this, didn't I? Where I showed Clara like giving a doll a lobotomy with a. With tongs yeah. on my Sitting counter. on the counter. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you, add, you outed yourself as like having a toddler on the counter may not be follow all of the official safety guidelines but for it toddler felt, parenting. It, it felt safer than having her
1: um, tugging on the backs of my legs while I was carrying hot pots right. and knives to the room, which was right. my other reality. So sometimes right. I guess, you know, I'm sure we'll get more into this, but sometimes the you have to kind of work with what's real and actually happening than perfection
0: Yeah, agreed. And I think you touched on this right in our welcome, but um, we should say right off the bat that we're talking really about two different things. And I think I'd like to talk about both today, but one is the functional cooking and food prep that you do throughout the day when there are children with you. And the other is helping kids learn how to be helpful and interested in the process and cooking with your kids and making a conscious choice to do that. And I think it really helps if we declare that those are two separate things Absolutely, they don't always go hand in hand. No. And, and really you're not able to provide the like loving, caring mentorship and the skills building that kids need to really enjoy cooking when you're trying to put dinner on the table. So it's probably not going to happen. And that's, I think what you hit on is we we're sort of sold this story that like to help kids who are picky eaters, help, let them help make dinner and to get, you know, to keep kids busy, include them in the process. And I think that's great and well-meaning, but I think often it's not really practical on a day-to-day get dinner on the table way, don't yeah. you think? It oh, absolutely. Separate- I mean, there are days when you just want to like
1: kick them out into the living room to watch a video so you can just make the dinner already. And right. then there are the days when you have more time and energy. And and I also want to point out, sometimes the days that you have more time and energy to put into it, the final product isn't the, really the point on those days. Exactly. It's about the time that you're spending and the skills that you're you know, teaching and that kind of thing. So you you might on those days be making something you don't even really want to eat. <laughs> right. Or, or I mean, breakfast. Or, or right. Be, exactly. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. So where should we start then? I'm. I have a well, feeling you probably little, know. You probably let's have a start flow. With little, little, little. All um, right. So you, this is where Megan gets in her time machine. <laughs> I, I, I force <laughs> and her. And I blast that. back in time. Yes. We need a um like an audio like a sound effect for this when Yay. I ask Megan to travel back. Okay. Like I'm meet meet me like pressing yep. buttons right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking of when I had like a newborn and a toddler, um, dinners weren't very interesting, first of all. Um, but it didn't mean that things didn't, I mean, even if you're doing, you know, pre prepared stuff, it's still got to get its way to the table. So one thing I did was wore the infant for a long time. I was always wearing a baby and a small baby. I had a Moby wrap actually for mm-hmm. newborns that I really liked. It just, it, it didn't feel as bulky as some of the carriers that you do out and about. Yes. Um, and, or sling or whatever. Um, and that, even up until maybe a baby was eight or nine months old, even through some crawling stages, I could stick them in there during that time. Um, and so that was one, one trick for little babies. Do you remember those? Oh my
1: gosh. This is actually bringing back memories um like i can have this visceral reaction right now to this feeling of like either making sure their feet were tucked in to whatever carrier they were using or having my arm like wrapped under their feet so that i could literally hold their feet so that like those little chubby feet weren't like kicking pots and pans Yeah, that feeling of just being like contain contain and i never wanted to use um except when they were very little little babies i always really loved just the um the style of like a tube sling that just where uh-huh. they kind of lay in it. But I could never do that while cooking. I was always too paranoid that like a hand was going to shoot out. Right. There was like not as much control because of the way they were laying. So I always right. felt like it had to be something like a Moby or I had an Ergo where they mm-hmm. were upright and kind yeah. of facing in so that they didn't, nothing was like dangling or. Agreed. I don't know. <laughs> so yes, of- I totally just had that memory.
0: Speaking of the Ergo, with older babies, once they're able to ride on your back, uh, back wearing is also great. Oh, for- yeah. Cooking. I mean, sometimes we gloss over this, but I I think with my first child, I didn't realize how much baby wearing you can and is great to do around the house. Um, So, I mean, it's worth mentioning just in case others aren't doing it. And then I think it's when you add the toddler Mm -hmm. that that's when you start wearing that baby more. Um, Another thing I did with babies is, and I don't think I meant to, it was no strategic choice, but um, for a high chair baby, so, you know, anytime from solid food up to maybe a year and a half. I often fed them their dinner while I was getting the rest of the dinner. Oh, absolutely. And, you yeah. know, again, we're told sometimes that, like, we need to eat as a family or the baby will eat what the rest of us eat. But um, if, they, if that keeps them happy, and even if it's a snack, like right. you're not supposed to snack before dinner, well, if it keeps the high chair baby in there. Right. And I would do things like frozen. All my babies ate frozen peas and frozen blueberries completely frozen. Like uh-huh. I never yeah. thawed them or did anything to them. So then it's something relatively... Healthy, that it doesn't require additional preparation. And it's not just, you know, Cheerios or something if, you know, if you're not yeah. wanting them to fill up on that. So that was another strategy I used with well, that. And, and
1: at that age, too, a lot of that is play for the baby. I mean, and that's another thing we're probably not supposed to teach them to do is like play with their food. But <laughs> when you're all sitting at the table together and you're all like putting white bite in your mouth and chewing and talking to each other, that's a different experience than when it's baby watching mom. And popping a frozen pea in her mouth every right. you know, couple right. of minutes. It's just, it doesn't even necessarily mean – one doesn't necessarily have to rule out the other, I guess is what exactly. I'm saying. And so it may it mean the appetizer.
0: That, uh, yes. It's, yeah, and it may mean that for that phase of life, that baby – is too squirmy to sit at the table because they've been in their yeah. high chair for half an hour. And I think that's okay. Yeah. That's when you can get out the Tupperware bin and let them play on the floor yeah. while the, if there's older siblings, while they actually can then practice their more traditional dinnertime manners. Like you just can't teach every lesson to every kid <laughs> at the Absolutely. same time. Absolutely. And also I want to point out that
1: like you in a, in the course over the course of a typical day, um, depending on how much time you're actually at home during the day have several opportunities to teach table manners. So even if your baby's napping during dinner, I remember one—I don't remember now who which which kid it was. Um, I want to say Owen always took a nap during dinner, and I used to kind of feel bad about that because I thought, well, this is supposed to be a family meal. And then I thought, right. what am I, you know, crazy? Like I've got four little kids, yeah, and it's kind of a miracle that I can sit down with the other three who shouldn't get a short shrift just because you know, always just because there's like a needier person than them. Right. So this is an opportunity for me to reconnect with them. And then I still have breakfast and lunch. I still have weekends. Like I still have all these opportunities to, to include Owen Yeah. in our, so again, it's like that some things are nice ideas, but that doesn't mean they have to be three times a day, every single day play out exactly that way, you know, from the first time the baby puts solid food in their mouth until they're um, an adult. It's just not right.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um I never did I'm just still I'm, my mind is still on the crawling babies sure. and those little ones. I never did a like playpen or play area, but I know in some houses that works to have a baby gate nearby where, you know, if you have a baby who doesn't like to be confined to a high chair or even worn because there are babies yeah. like that, um have some place safe for them to play nearby yeah. and you know, you can be talking and engaging with them nearby. So part of the reason was the house we lived in at that time didn't have a logical place to gate off. Mm-hmm. And I did, I, I mean, I kind of had a pack and play out there for certain baby phases, but didn't use it for that. I, I just wore them more often than I put them somewhere. But again, what, whatever whatever works, especially with ba- wiggly babies at that age. Yeah.
1: And I, I kind of feel like, I think I did every combination every possible distraction tool i don't think i ever had a playpen i don't remember actually ever owning one and i don't i know i didn't have one of those like corral things i always wanted one and i just never got around to getting one you know like the hexagon right. yeah pen. yeah yeah that's kind of what i was picturing too. Yeah. either
0: that or a baby gate on a yeah
1: but i definitely remember like having babies in bouncy seats that I was bouncing with a foot while eating or having babies in like those, um, jumpy things in the doorway. And like, I just, I remember having lots of different
0: options depending on the baby and their, and their stage. And I think if your baby only likes those things for like 14 seconds, that's normal. I just, yeah. I just feel like sometimes, again, the the story we're sold is that that's gonna like allow you to cook a seven course gourmet meal yeah, while no, your that. baby plays mm-hmm. with educational toys in a little bouncer. It's just you're gonna be hopping from the carrier to the high chair to the. That's the reality. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, toddlers. I made a note and I, so I said with babies, wear them. And then some of these other ideas and for toddlers, my advice is to get rid of them if you can. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and I mean, daddy time or yes. older sibling time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or TV time. Like yep. really honestly, they toddlers in the kitchen at this, when we're talking about prepping dinner or getting a meal yep. on the table there's not a lot they can functionally help with. Their attention span is so short. Their ability to aggravate mom is so high. so so <laughs> ingeniously designed. Um, so honestly, I mean, my strategy has been at times when Brian was home at a decent hour, it's just you take this one and I'll get dinner on or we reverse, but it's not going to happen altogether. So it's yeah. divide and conquer. Yeah. Or older sibling or TV. I mean, yeah. I don't... <laughs> I know. No, (laughs) I agree. I
1: mean, there were definitely times in my life because John did travel so much, and when I didn't have older siblings that were big enough to really handle it, where I would resort to things like, "Here's a drawer you can absolutely trash." Yeah. Um, you can take everything out. Or that's when you, you know, that's when you pull out the really like coveted stuff that they always want to play with that they're not allowed to, uh, for whatever reason. The rest of the time, like the spices. I remember getting out spices and letting kids play with those because usually, I mean, even when they're closed, it still would end up making some kind of a mess. Yeah. But it was just something like des like desperate times call for desperate measures <laughs> right yeah and, and you know and meals were very simple yes that that's it,
0: that's where i was going to go and it it also i think it's worth saying that this is a phase of life where if that if the mess making and the toddler craziness uh, wears on your sanity to the point that you just need to actually not make dinner Then don't make dinner. Like then you know then cook ahead on the weekend or get takeout or whatever you know whatever it is because they can't both happen. They really can't. If you you know find us a mom who's able to really consistently make dinner and have toddlers and newborns. I mean we've all been there. So um, dinner can be scaled back or you can relax your standards about. TV time or you can bring in a. We, we've talked before about like a mother's helper type babysitter, like an older kid yeah. neighbor. That would be a great time to pay somebody a little bit to come play or what, you know, but there's, there's gotta, it's gotta come from somewhere. Yeah. I think, I think the other thing
1: that I like, I kinda, it took me, you know, many kids to learn. I, I don't think I learned this till Clara really was that when you have toddlers and if you choose to cook with them around, um, You're really just going to have to count on it taking twice as long as you think. It really has to become about finding some joy in the process, not necessarily like this is going to be a 30-minute meal. Like 30-minute meals, in my opinion, rarely exist no matter what. And when you have a toddler that's not contained by another human – Um, they, they don't, they don't exist because there's just, everything takes longer. You have to re, you know, reposition them, redirect them, give them something to do. Make sure you don't trip over them. Make sure they're away from the hot, um, you know, this hot oven while you're over there. There's just a lot of, that has to go into it and it takes a long time. And so, um, yeah, my meals both became simpler and I just kind of resigned myself to when I was going to cook when I think it was Clara, when she was a toddler, when it was, when, when I was going to do it, it was going to take some time. Like I just knew that. Right. Um, so, you know, even like stupid things, like I don't think about anymore, like leaving the dishwasher open. I can mm-hmm. easily do that. And I'm like in my head picturing her crawling into the dishwasher yeah. over and yeah. over when she was little. Every time I would do that, I had to train yeah. myself out of doing something like that. So, yep. yeah.
0: Well, crawling in and pulling out sharp knives. That yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you just you, and you also lose the attention span for any kind of recipe following. I remember like thinking of great, like seeing a great recipe online and be like, I can't follow, I cannot follow a new recipe with the brain power I have at this stage in my life. Now I can, I mean, now it's different, but, um, so, you know, I was making things I did not need. I, I either knew, or it was not a recipe. It didn't require recipe following. That was just one, one more thing that's hard to do when you've got, when your radar is on for all those other safety things.
1: I was wondering Um, what was wrong with me. In, at those, at those times, because I would read a recipe over and over and over and over and never get it. Like it would be a very simple recipe and I would just keep reading it. And yeah. then I realized it's because every time I'd read it and think, okay, yeah. now I need to get whatever, you know, a teaspoon of this, then something would happen and I'd lose yeah. my place and I'd have to yeah. read it again. So yeah. my brain was in so many different places. I really thought maybe I had some kind of attention span problem. <laughs> well, I did. It's called children, you know, yeah, that, that was
0: the problem. It's so true. Um, One maybe practical tip for toddler age that we have used is to get them, actually, you mentioned it already, is to get them on your eye level. Um, If you are able to keep them busy with a you know, whatever it is, crayons or Play-Doh or something. If you've got a, if you've got a counter to sit on safely or a bar stool type counter that they can safely be at, or we did for a while have one of those, um, sort of stools where they're enclosed from all sides. You know what I'm talking about? One Mm -hmm. step ahead had one and there's a few different brands they take up. There's some downsides to those. They're heavy and they take up a lot of space and they hurt when your kid stubs their toe when you're dragging them across. So they've kind of got to be for, we would get it out if it was a longer, if I really thought, okay, this kid's going to stand here at the counter with me and I'd either help cook or do some other little task for a while. Um, and also not all kids are safe in things like that. I have one right. climbing monkey who would never, I mean, I think Violet fell through the back of that thing like four times and it's to <laughs> no fault of the product. Trust me. Um, but just, we did have, we did have those. And I think just having them up on your level allows you to talk to them, Yeah. Uh, you know, intervene if they're getting into trouble and see, you know, so yeah. that you're not always looking down on the floor in the Tupperware drawer or whatever. So just if your are if your kitchen and your life is set up for that, um, think about maybe bringing them up a little bit and also may just keep them busier with a project longer if they don't yes. feel like they have to pull on your. Yeah. Proverbial, I, proverbial I remember when I finally
1: straights. decided to stick Claire on the counter, like that felt like the biggest no, no, but okay. the way I did it. So our, um, like little, like little stretch of counter was right by the stove and it was between, so there was like a stretch of counter between the fridge and the stove. So I could kind of tuck her over on the fridge side, but like back as far as she could go. And then I could be prepping or cutting right in front of her and talking to her. And she would just sit there and talk back or like, you know, if she did start to move around or start to stand up, I could say, no, 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 sit back down. And it felt so much safer to me to have my eye on her and yep. be have my hand right in front of her yep. than it did to have her doing god knows what crawling around underfoot so right. we did that a lot um a lot a lot until she was kind of big honestly yeah. but it, she started to really like it up there and it's, i wasn't letting her crawl or you know run around on the countertops yeah. it was just it was a solution that worked and i think you just remember you have a lot of common sense yep <laughs> as a mom and like you know what's probably safe for your kid and what's yep. not and i always think I'd rather prevent the accident happening in the first place than, yep. you know, than have it be like, okay, so if they fall down on the floor, it's not as big of a deal unless you trip over them right. and you're carrying hot pasta water yeah. or something. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. It's like true. giving me like a stress response. Just thinking I about know. the choices. I, know. I the choices. know. And so I guess to summarize babies and toddlers, uh, this too shall pass, as we always say, scale back your expectations of what dinner means. Um, you know, I'm thinking Megan, we did an episode a while back that I'll link to about meal planning and we kind of touched on some of that, but, um, you know, the meals can be simple or, you know, not all homemade during that stage. Absolutely. And, um, when it comes to babies, wear them, when it comes to toddlers, get rid of them. If you can <laughs> if You can. <laughs> Um, but I want to move on to where it does start to get a little easier and a little more fun. And that is preschoolers say three, three and a half and up. And, um, kids are all over the place in terms of maturity and readiness to help in the kitchen. But this is the age I feel like where you can start to give little kids a job. Um, Violet is three and a half going on four now. Um, and she, She's really, really social and likes to be included in whatever's going on, which makes her a pretty good kitchen helper. I mean, she's also impulsive and a handful, but mm-hmm. if she feels, if she feels included in anything, play, family dynamic, she's actually on her best behavior. So she's actually a really good kitchen helper for that reason, because she doesn't like to be, she didn't like the stage where I sent her off with daddy. Yeah. <laughs> she likes she wants to, be to be right involved. in there. Yeah. So I think for preschoolers, like small, repetitive jobs are really good. They make good little assembly line workers. Um, One of Violet's favorites is like, depending on the produce, but um, sometimes I get this one kind of kale for certain recipes where you have to kind of take out the ribbing, like the little stiff um, center rib pieces. So anything where they can tear, tear lettuce or... Um, obviously, not sharp knives, probably, for preschoolers. Right. Um, but can you think of any ways that you included your kids starting three, four, five years? Yeah. So those are the ages where
1: I would do things like, um I would often do a lot of pre-prepping. So I would give them maybe like a bowl that had like a little bowl, uh, like a little prep bowl of salt and like a little prep bowl with a couple of broken eggs in it if I was going to have them help me and they often, they love the whisk for some reason. Mm, so anything yeah. there could be some whisking involved. And I would sometimes just let them work on that for a very long time. Right. In fact, oh, yeah. yeah. There were also times when I totally made stuff up that they were going to do for me that wasn't real. So I would say, you're going to help me make the sauce. And I would just give them a bunch of spices and stuff and like some, put some milk in a bowl yes, and tell them to make it. And then they would just kind of make a mess, but it kept them, it would keep them so occupied because there they are with me, they're standing at the counter or, you know, sitting down at the table or whatever it is we're doing and they're, they think they're really doing something. And, you know, again, it's not perfect. They're probably not really learning cooking skills, but they're learning what different spices smell like and taste like and what it looks like when you mix something with, you know, a spoon versus this whisk or whatever. So I always thought that was worthwhile, even if it didn't actually contribute to the meal because it really did keep them occupied. 100%
0: agree. I mean, if you think of what we know about like that age and learning, I mean, they need to be hands on. It's all experiential. It's all social. They're talking to you and watching you and mimicking you. So I 100% agree making up giving them, you know, their own version of what you're doing and letting them play. I also think things like, like capitalizing on preschool skills, if they are in preschool and asking them to count stuff or sort yeah. stuff, they, they are, you know, it's like, a, it's a, it's a job for them and it's right. interesting. So, you know, can you pull the smallest blueberries out of this bowl formally me and line them up in a line? Like, yeah. no, I don't need you to do that, but right. But they feel like they're doing keep, something. Yeah. yeah. It's going to keep you busy. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I also think this is an age where if you, if it is, if you don't have then the toddler or the newborn with you, this is an age where you can just start to spend a little bit more time in the kitchen. So you might, as an adult, you might get your groove back a little bit when it comes to meal planning and cooking. Absolutely. Um, we play music in the kitchen. You know, it, just, it sort of returns to that place that's not just uh, a war zone all the time. Well, so that
1: and like shopping is easier with a three-year-old yes. than the two-year-old. Um, making you Sitting down and just having time to flip through a magazine to make a, a menu or whatever, you know, is easier. So like everything becomes easier. I would say around like three, three and a half. All of a sudden it's like you kind of turn a corner. And then after that, you know, as they get older, like my five-year-olds were always the ones who had to shuck corn. I remember that being like the five-year-old job. Um, Right. So whoever the older kid was couldn't wait to pass it down. Although I always loved shucking corn, but, yeah, um, you know, couldn't wait till like the other kid was five so they could, make them do it and there's like there's real stuff that they can start to do in that age yeah Um, so both kind of like the made up like we're just humoring them tasks right and then some real stuff mixed in yes we are welcoming back vionic as a sponsor today and sarah i will be honest i was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh but you know what's good to go my shoes
0: Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free.
1: Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal's not available on their regular website. Go to hiyahealt com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults.
0: I also think, um, three-year-olds can help set the table. That's an easy one. Um, I'm not, we've talked about chores and I'm not the most consistent about having everybody have a job, but it is something that's, that's easy to do. And they might do not the job that you would expect, but if it keeps them busy and they're safe, um, then they feel connected to the process. One thing I've realized that we got into a little bit of a bad habit about is equating cooking with mommy or baking together with sweet treats. Ah. And I kind of reached a point where I, it was starting to feel like I, this lovely experience of baking together and it was getting easier to bake with the kids but it was always cookies or something yeah. that yeah, really we ended up with yeah. two dozen cookies. And we've talked about this. I'm great with special occasions, sweets. We don't have any dietary issues in our family. We can, you know, we can go for it sometimes with sweet treats, but I didn't want them only associating <laughs> cooking with getting like a sugar reward at the end. So I have tried to make an effort to, um, number one, we found a few healthier baking recipes mm-hmm. like muffins and those kind of quick breads that aren't just all sugar. And number two, including them in things that are not just about dessert. Cause somehow along the line, when they thought let's cook or bake, it was always yes. with the reward of licking the bowl at the end. Yeah. And you know, it's not the end of the world. It's a, it's a nice bonding experience, but, um, I think it never hurts to also have them prepare the vegetables or, absolutely you know, see, see other Absolutely. Right. Yep.
1: And I would, um, you know, I have to say that at the same time when i was and for so, for us sometimes you know i'm making cookies and i'm making like the most hilarious air quotes right now at, <laughs> when they were really little was sometimes like taking a tube of cookie right. and like putting it on a pan but i would purposely make half portions often uh-huh. of stuff because in our family if you make say 12 cookies they're gone in a day a, in yeah. within a half an hour yeah that's one cookie per person and one person doesn't even get it's actually two right. people don't even right. get a second cookie. So it's like, you know, John and I would each have one and the kids would each have two and they would be gone immediately. Right. And I kind of liked that a little bit. It didn't drag it out. It wasn't like there was just desserts laying around all the time. Right. Um So that's always a possibility too. If you want to make, a, if you want to do something special and it is going to be a sweet because those are just like the easiest, most fun things, I think. Yeah. Agreed. You know, often. Um, but you can always make a smaller portion. And yes. like granola
0: or- is fun to make. Oh, we've never actually – yeah, we've never actually made that. So sometimes if you just like think a little bit outside the box, you can come up with other – And we also give away. So sometimes if we make cookies – I have one cookie recipe that's an oatmeal chocolate chip that I have memorized. So when I bake cookies from scratch, it's only because I don't have to look at a recipe and I never make any other kind. Yeah. Um, But we will also sometimes give them away. So make make a whole batch, eat a few, and then I'll send the big kids around the neighborhood to our friends and just randomly give away cookies. But for the same – for the same reason, it doesn't have to mean you know a week's yes. worth of cookies that you wouldn't be serving anyway. Absolutely. Um, back to those three-year-olds, I think uh, we don't want to we don't want to make it sound like it's so so easy because they still can be a handful. Um, and I one thing that I think I do is include Violet more in prep that happens earlier in the day mm-hmm. or even in the morning. Um, I still may have her get out and let leave me be when it comes to the actual like 20 minutes before dinner, if I'm over a hot stove or if there's just too much going on. So that way I feel like she gets included sometimes in the prep that happens earlier when there's a little less of a deadline. But by the time Brian gets home, I'm still probably, you know, inviting her to go elsewhere realistically. Yeah, yeah, um, no, understood. So it's not all, it's not like it's it all. It's not still like every day you're like, come on, my little sous chef. Yeah. let's, let's make dinner. Um, so actually, and one of my strategies there might transition us to talking about older kids. Um, and that is that with all three kids now, I do this thing where I tell them that if they're in my space, they will be given a job. And if they're out of my space, they can do whatever (laughs) they want outside and our backyard, we have a very small backyard, but it is right off the kitchen. So I can see them through all the and it's really shady in the afternoons. Um, and so I will say, go outside and play, all three of you. If you come inside, you will be given a job. It's not like a punishment, it's not really a threat. It's just if you're it's just in reality. There, I'm gonna find something <laughs> if to I see do. you, you're working. If I see you and if you're in my space, I will find something for you to do because i it's dinner time. I'm getting dinner ready. If you would like to stay outside and play all together, then you don't have to have a job. So it's totally right. just your choice. And it's not and I'm, you know, I make it fun if they come inside. I will find them a job, but it's not like, we could still have fun together in the kitchen. It's just, if you're going to be in here, you're helping. Right. Um, and that works really well because they in general stay outside and find ways to play together. So if you are, if your kids are getting a little bit more independent, I think it's still okay to say, I need this time in the kitchen. Here are your choices for what to do instead. Yeah. Um, and then of course we want to include them sometimes, but I guess my, my point is you don't have to include all the children all the time in all the cooking. I've
1: done something similar to get my kids, like the ones who weren't really, um, enthusiastic readers, like mm-hmm. the choice was kind of, you know, I'm going to give you a chore in here or go read or yeah. use this time for that, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah, it, it would kind of, it would kind of like neither choice was that great for them, right? right. <laughs> but they would
0: still be more likely to go do the reading, which they had to do anyway. Right. Right. So, yeah. 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 I like it. I like it. Well, maybe um, let's transition to actually kind of teaching our older kids um, to cook and giving them yeah. some real life kitchen skills. Do you want to? Um, I mean, you have yeah. five kids, all of whom now are semi independent in the kitchen. Do you want to kind of talk about how that's gone?
1: Yeah. You know, I think that there's. I, it's kind of hard for me to come like up with a list of tips. I guess two principles that I would say I've followed over the years is one like let them make real stuff and mm-hmm. sometimes remove yourself from it so there's not this pressure. Like I can't cook when I especially when I was a fledgling cook, but even now sometimes when John hovers in the kitchen, I mean he's very different from me. He's much more um, methodical about everything. He's cleaner and <laughs> like just being watched while I'm trying to, especially if I'm trying to cook something I'm not familiar with, it makes me really nervous and I get really anxious. So I can't function into that. So I can't really expect my kids to either. Like they want right. help. That's one thing. But sometimes they just want me to get out of their way. And if they end up wasting a few eggs or like, I've often given them kind of inexpensive stuff, like as their staples, like mm-hmm. Jacob was doing everything with potatoes for a while. Like any way you could make a potato, Jacob made a potato, but you know, a bag, a huge bag of potatoes is like a few dollars. So, yeah. okay. I mean, that was worth it to me for him to experiment in that way or, or like eggs, stuff like that. Um, But I will start off with like simple, simple things and just kind of suggest some ways they might want to try it. And then I try to back off and let them, and just let them experiment a little, unless they're asking for mm-hmm. me to be in there. The other thing is, I think it's really important, like you were saying about um, Kidster, for them to use real tools. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's always included even things like, the food processor and mm-hmm. knives, like real knives mm-hmm. with sharp edges, because if they don't ever, you know how to use those real tools, they'll never really develop safety skills around them. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to use a dull knife to cook. It's not yep. fun. <laughs> you know, you don't get the results that you want. Um, and that kind of thing. So I've been pretty hands off with uh, after a certain age. And I'm going to say maybe yeah. nine, you know, yep. nine or 10, like I'm, it depends on the kid
0: and their, yep. their level of common sense really. But I don't know. What about you? Yeah, no, we're just getting to this point. Um, Allegra's eight and a half, but she's eight and a half with a strong interest in cooking. So she's actually put in time. I mean, we've, the kid stir kits have been coming every month. And this summer, she did a one-week cooking camp, just a half-day camp. Um, so I would say for eight and a half, she has more interest and therefore probably a higher level of skill than a lot of eight-year-olds. But I have totally started stepping back, just like you said. And it... it just like everything with our kids there's like a light bulb moment where you're like oh i am not helping by hovering here but it comes from years and years of needing to hover for life and limb so it's not like we can't beat ourselves up for hovering but i just i had a pretty big like and i had to tell brian too because he loves to cook and they like to cook together and i had to take him aside and be like we just need to let her make the mistakes and she was making mistakes like not reading a recipe all the way through and right. doing one step before, and you know that's how you learn. You and I both have talked about, you know, getting more confident in the kitchen ourselves, and it happens by trial and error. So when we're not talking about, you know, true danger, right. I hundred percent agree that letting them, um, I think recipe, following a recipe is such a good skill set, and it em- employs so many things that kids are gaining as they mature. Anyway, you know, following instructions sticking with a project, um, you know, reading math. It's like, it's such a great thing for kids yeah. to be able to do starting at that. Yeah. seven, eight, nine, 10 that I think really stepping back and just being there as a, you know, to answer questions or to help with an appliance or a tool they don't know how to use, but otherwise letting them experience that trial and error is so good in for so many reasons, not just the cooking, but it does go back to something we talked about that top of the show, which is that's different than getting dinner on the table right. on a Tuesday night. Like you really have to make the time for that. And Allegra has had a natural interest in it. So it's been something that she's asked to make the time for. But I think even a kid who just, you just want to increase their confidence in the kitchen. It just might be something that you decide, you know, for us, it's on the weekend where Yeah, we I was just going to say
1: ours together. has always been Saturday yeah. mornings is when, you know, they really have started to learn because that's breakfast is Often a, a more relaxed time, always. Yeah, <laughs> a more relaxed time of day on a weekend, and then, um, and then also like a breakfast meal. I feel mm-hmm. like is is a really easy and low stress way to learn how to cook certain things, mm-hmm. like making scrambled eggs or something yep. or pancakes. It's just it's kind of low pressure. If you mess up one pancake, you throw it out and you start again. Right. It's not a big deal. And so those were always for us. It was like those Saturday or Sunday morning breakfasts where we really
0: started. With the different kids, with the and kids like still learning, there's a lot of technique involved in yeah. different breakfast too. So you can get into baking, you can get into, you know, eggs and meat and all of that and recipes. So yeah, I agree. Breakfast is a good one.
1: I also wanted to address like with safety. Um, I think that's one of those things where the sooner you start, at least having your kids around watching you in the kitchen the better able you are for them to learn those safety lessons. Because if you think about it, when you're in the kitchen cooking, you're doing a million little safety-related things, but you're not thinking actively about each one, and you won't necessarily think to teach each each one. Right. Right. So, for example, like, um, you don't ever put metal in the microwave. Well, yeah. little kids learn that by using the microwave young yeah. because you will think, if it's your 3-year-old, you'll think to say, like, oh, don't ever put metal in the microwave. It's my 13-year-old. I'm not going to think to say that probably because I'm going to have a million other things going on or, um, you know, everybody is going to have that experience where they think a hand towel or dish towel is going to be sufficient for that, for getting that pot off the stove. Right. And then they learn differently. Right. (laughs) And some of that's just going to happen. I mean, I still burn myself.
0: Yep. I still cut myself. I think it's almost helpful to reverse the logic of which jobs you give to kids. I think we think, okay, I'm going to give the stirring and the measuring to the kids because for little kids, that's what's appropriate. I think, I think it's an important shift as kids get older to actually say, I'm going to do the stirring and the measuring, and I'm going to supervise while they turn on the stove and carry a hot pan to the sink and preheat the oven and all those things. And I mean, I think most kids really kind of step up their game anyway, when given more responsibility in a safe environment. So why Mm -hmm. not, you know, if you, if you've set aside the time, but it's so easy to fall back into those patterns that you have with younger kids. Like mommy does, mommy does all the hard stuff. You get to sit here with your whisk, but, um, I think (laughs) it's an important, I think it's an important shift. And, you know, I continually have to remind myself that I, that Reed is getting to an age of much more independence because yeah. it when it's like when it's the younger they seem so much younger yeah. and um, when the older takes more initiative then you're like oh wait now I have two who should really be doing some of these things and that well, goes for chores and, and independence and all these other things too and it's
1: more age appropriate I mean if you think about it what's really exciting about cooking it's it's the transformative nature of fire really totally. if you think about it and that's oh. not that's not I mean a three year old can only really watch that but. Right. A 7-year-old maybe can get involved a little bit. Yep. And you know, so it's it's like at some point they're going to get bored of stirring. They yes. want to cut things and and set stuff on fire or at least <laughs> use fire to make things hot. I mean, it's just it's just nature. It's human nature. So Yeah. Totally
0: agree. Do you have any ways um that you've if I'm sure not not all of your kids have had a natural interest in this. Do you have any ways that you've tried to pull some kids in who had not as much interest in cooking? I think our kitchen has just always kind of been as
1: in many houses it is, like where the party's at.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean
1: that literally, like when we have parties, the party <laughs> is in the kitchen. And right. so the kids kind of want to always be. And that's where the music is. That's right. where mom and dad are talking. Yeah. Um, That's where the fun usually is. So yeah. I think it's just kind of naturally happened from that. And no, not all of my kids are super into cooking. Like I can, right. I'm thinking about it. Owen is the kid who somehow manages to dodge every task <laughs> Like he's, he's really expert. And, and I, I hate to admit that I've, because he's the littlest boy and there's three older ones who are chipping in all the time and doing stuff. I've let that go way too much. Like, oh, Owen didn't actually do anything today. He he just (laughs) sit around and criticized everyone and made funny comments. So there's definitely like, sometimes I have to stop myself and go, oh, you know, William is our task court. Like he is like reliable. Will he does everything he's asked. He's always like chipping in. Um, so he does a lot of cooking because if he'll sometimes be like, "Mom, do you make me, you know, an egg or something?" and I'll say, uh, "You know how to do that," and so he'll, right. he'll just do it. Owen still tells me he doesn't like to make his own sandwiches because I'm so much better at spreading. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I think I told you, you that. that. Yeah, this so is yeah. yeah. like, Mom, yeah. you're just, you're just so good at spreading, and I like a sucker totally fall for it. So no, they don't all have equal, um, equal interest. I do try to make them all chip in in some way, even if their way isn't cooking. And I I understand that not everyone is going to be super into cooking, but baking, like the kids who don't love cooking do like to bake. Everyone likes to bake. That's another way. As long as they have basic skills and they know how to assemble something resembling a meal.
0: Yeah. um, And And like you said, spending time, spending time together in the kitchen, um, you know, the cleanup is also something that it's, it's oh yeah, helpful to connect them too. And my kids are just getting to be big enough where they can help with some cleanup. But um, I think for a while we were nurturing Allegra's love of cooking and then <laughs> cleaning up the entire mess All afterward. Yes. Yeah. Um And you know she's old enough now to to see the pile of pots and pans that she created in the sink. Yeah. And I'm actually happy to help for the same reason. I want her. But I also want her to see that it's all we're all working on it together. She gets to do these things. I'll help a little with dishes. She helped make the meal. You know that it's got to get done. Somebody's got to do it. Um, one thing I think can be helpful. You mentioned a couple episodes ago leaving magazines out in the kitchen, and I think just having cookbooks or magazines out where kids might sit up at the counter and happen to. Flip through um, can be a good way because pictures are so pretty, and oh, even yeah. a kid who's not naturally interested in cooking can be like, "Hey, can we make that?" And you know, yeah, even yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of kids, a lot of kids' magazines now have recipes in them. And we used to actually have good results with the recipes in Highlights and the High Five oh, yeah. Kids magazine. So um, sometimes it, they're more visual, you know. So sometimes yeah. seeing um, seeing something like that out on the counter might get them interested.
1: Yeah. With the older Um, kids, I will say I'm more like always trying to encourage them to stay in the kitchen. Whereas when they were little, I was chasing them out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know. And it's, it's not always that way. There are times there are definitely, there's like always a breaking point for me because if it's one, you know, if Isaac wanders in and we're talking and having a nice conversation, that's great. And then maybe Jacob wanders in and then they're having a conversation I'm listening and it's, oh, it's so special. And then a third one comes (laughs) in and now they're like arguing or they're escalating. Or they start horseplay. And there's always some breaking point during the meal process where I'm like, okay, everyone's got to get out, like, right now. So totally. I was like, get out of here right now. So it's kind of like the opposite. Well, actually, it's just like you. Like, get out of here right now or you're taking yeah. the trash out. Or get out of yeah. here right now or you're doing the dishes or whatever. So there's always that point. Um, yeah. I just try to have a sense of humor about it.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um... I, I was also gonna mention too that I try I don't do this all the time, but I try to always ask when I'm kind of turning to dinner mode if anyone wants to help me make dinner. And I have sometimes had surprising Reed is the one who isn't usually interested. Um, but sometimes he'll say, I will, and he just wants to be with me or so I think having an open invitation to be involved in the kitchen is just a good habit to get into, even if they're gonna usually say no, or if sometimes you'd rather rather than say no. Right. Just, um, just knowing that that's always an option. And I think that's, a, that's probably good advice for when your kids are in this transition between, you know, preschoolers and then being totally able to help is, you know, hey, anybody want to help me make dinner? And you may be surprised at who says yes. Absolutely. So I think, and I think it's good for them to know that that's always an option. So we're not always sending them outside or whatever. Yeah, for sure. But. Well, this was really, this was really fun. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I love this topic because it's just so
1: real. It's like everyone eats, every family, every mom knows exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, (laughs) totally.
0: Well, I thought we should um, tease our listeners with the show that we're going to do in a couple weeks that's food related. Um, So this is kind of fun. Megan and I are actually keeping track of what we're serving for our families for dinner for a full week we're calling the episode a week of honest dinners. And this came from an idea that I had because I'm all, I always am the cynic who looks at weekly meal plans and says, yeah, but did you, did you really make all those things you said you were going to make, right. you know, yeah. share our food on Instagram. We share, we share it when we nailed it. Like when right. we, when it looks really good. And I think we never talk about the nights that's like three out of four kids had soccer practice and, most people ate cereal and nobody sat down together. So you and I are sort of logging our real life dinners for a week. This week. Yeah. As as we record this, we've started logging, but we're going to then talk about it on a show coming up in a couple of weeks and sort of just true confession style. Talk about the dinners that we actually made and people ate and then the many, many more that didn't quite pan out. So So I have to admit that last
1: night, I kind of forgot this was the week. And Sarah texted me last night because she promised me that she would log all the meals for the week. So she texted me and was like, okay, remember, this is the week we're keeping track. So what did you have? And I was like, ugh. (laughs) And part of me wanted to lie because I think last night we basically just – like we had leftovers and then like someone ate a – I think Clara had a quesadilla. I ate like leftover vegetables because if I didn't eat them, they were not going to make it one more night. So it was just kind of funny. Like everybody just – Grabbed a bunch of junk last night. Yeah. Mostly healthy junk, but.
0: Yeah, that's like a Sunday, that's smorgasbord, right? Yeah, it was smorgasbord.
1: Yep, for sure. We
0: did start, we did start logging on a Sunday, and Sundays could be any extreme. You could have like a fully thought out, proper Sunday dinner, or it could be like, let's clean out the fridge and get ready for the week. So, absolutely. um, So, yeah, I wanted to tell listeners to make sure to follow us on Instagram if you're not. We're just at the mom hour um, because I might share some of our, if we do, I might tease some of our real life. True Confessions family dinners as we go through the week of vlogging. And then we'll talk about it um, on an episode coming up uh, in a couple weeks. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. So well, should we direct everyone b- back to, yeah. this, um, to our awesome yes. sponsor? Yeah. So kidster.com is where you want to head to check out our sponsor, Kidster. You can also, of course, find everything at momhour.com, Look for episode 70. But Um, kidster.com and if you are ready to subscribe be sure to enter mom hour as your exclusive code and you'll get 10% off a new subscription also wanted to mention that um, subscribing for the full 12 months you get a binder like a recipe binder that comes with that and that was the gift that we got and it's really awesome because the recipes that they send are three hole punched and then they go right in the binder so Allegra's building her little cookbook as the months go by. Um, this would be so a really that, great
1: gift for like an older kid who is like older kids we've talked about are very hard to yeah. shop for that yeah. 10 to 12 year old range is yeah, difficult. Absolutely. So yeah, this is a really cool idea.
0: I think yes. I, I can think of a few kids on my list that. Yeah. Send it right to the grandparents or the exactly. gift givers. Um, and the, the kids when they come are just really put together so nicely. That's like nestled in this bright green, packing material and it's you know small and small small packed so it's not a bunch of packing peanuts is what I meant right by small it's just it's nicely put together um and yeah so thanks to Kidster um enter that code mom hour to get 10% off a new subscription and head to the com for links to that if you can't remember where to go and just you know head to our website and we'll have everything there for you all right awesome. thanks Kidster
1: and thanks everyone for listening and we'll See you next week. Sounds good.
0: Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug.
1: That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
0: Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code TheMomHour. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K-E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code the Hour to save 20%.
1: The Mom Hour is brought to you by the Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time.
0: Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.